Hey, this is Derek Bilsma with Millennium Counseling Center. And if you really want to learn how to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my good friend, Scott Ferguson. Let's all level up. Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. It's Scott Ferguson. We're episode 294 with kind of a homeboy of mine, Derek Bilsma. I uh, played very, very high-level soccer. Uh, he found his calling in, in being a therapist uh, with the little urging of his lovely bride, his wife, and he changes lives. He's a man that believes if you're passionate about something, that you chase that passion strategically and with a bunch of persistence until you get what you want. So his outlook on life is fantastic. He's going to level you up. So make sure you break out your notebooks for this one because he does drop some solid knowledge nuggets. So without further ado, here's my really good friend, Derek Bilsma from the Millennium Counseling Centers. Let's level up. I'm the Shine Today Podcast Varsity Squad. This is Scott Ferguson, and I got these kind of home cooking today. So the gentleman that grew up, we kind of grew up together, we're only three years apart in age, but he grew up uh, about maybe 15 minutes from me in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I grew up in, in Plymouth, Michigan, and it, we know some of the same people, and it's just crazy how this COVID world and everything else kind of shrinks it down, and I'm blessed to be able to bring people on, like my good friend Derek Bilsma. Uh, from Millennium Counseling Center. So they are located in Chicago, Illinois, but they are all, all, all about leveling up people's lives. Derek is a formal high-level athlete and business owner who has dedicated all his attention to helping people get mentally well. He's a therapist and a group practice owner specializing in substance abuse, trauma, and mental health. I, he also oversees both their athlete wellness program and intensive recovery program. His goal is to be an advocate for mental health, support all, and provide a platform for everyone to get the support they need. And I love that uh, because like therapy, people know that I'm not a therapist. I love getting people from therapists through my breakout program here at Time to Shine Today, but Derek takes care of what's buried and brings it to the surface and helps them heal and level up and move forward. And Derek, thank you so much for coming on. Please introduce yourself to Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. But first, what's your favorite color and why? I would say probably blue. It just seems like a, a positive color to me, I guess. There you go. I don't know why. <laughs> big Epsom salt thing over here in Florida called the oceans. My favorite yeah, color yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So seriously, man, thanks for coming on, brother. It's such a small world and dropping names that we both know. It's just <laughs> fantastic, man. And uh, so can you give us a little bit about, because you were a high-level athlete, can we kind of start with your story there and moving forward and how you're helping people that maybe that, that are stuck and help them level up? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I played uh, sports growing up and ultimately soccer became my best sport and went to go on and play in college. Uh, I started at a small liberal arts college and then I transferred to University of Wisconsin because I wanted in Madison because I wanted to play Division One. Uh, I thought it would my ultimate dream was to play professionally, um, which was much different back then because I'm you know 52. So the professional soccer was different than it is now, uh, but ended up being able to do that. I got drafted and then I played uh, for three years. I played a couple years in Milwaukee and then I played a year in Portland. Portland, Oregon, uh, and uh, and then figured out that that's probably not how I was going to 
make my career. So <laughs> I, uh, I turned into a little bit more of a business guy, entrepreneur, sales guy, was in the staffing and recruiting industry, uh, ultimately was with a big uh, staffing company, Robert Half International. And I broke off from there and started my own company, uh, which was the my, my kind of first step into trying to be an entrepreneur. And uh, ultimately, I, I failed a couple of times at that. And then, and then in the long run, succeeded. Uh, during that time, I was spending a lot of time working with people who were struggling different things, mental health, addiction, and all that type of stuff. And my wife came to me one day and said, hey, listen, Derek, you're, you're not, I, I had started another company and this company was actually doing well. And my wife said, look, you come home every night and you talk to all these people who are struggling with things and you're reaching out to people and talking to friends. She's like, you need to go do that. That's what you really care about. And so, which I was scared to do. I didn't want to do it because my business was going well. I was finally having some success on the, on the business side. And and uh, but uh, my wife's a smart woman, and uh, and 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 I guess I was a smart guy for listening to her. So I went and did that. So I went back and, and got my master's in my mid thirties. Uh, a total career change. You know, I went from a business owner, uh, a successful business owner, to uh, to being back in grad school. So I'm the oldest guy in grad school. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> graduate from there. But I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to work with people individually, and and specifically people with co-occurring disorders or, or dual. Di- dual diagnosis, meaning that uh, a combination of substance abuse and mental health or, or a combination of any of those two things. But it's that was the area that I was really interested in was the substance abuse and mental health uh, combo. So, you know, somebody who's an alcoholic who's got, you know, uh, clinical depression or, or, you know, something along those lines was what I was interested in. Uh, I got an internship with Millennium Counseling uh, when I first started. So I was an intern um, with wow. the place I am now, kind of worked my way up there. It's a, it's a medium-sized, you know, 15 people, uh, kind of worked my way up about five years ago. I took over as executive director. And then three years ago, myself and another guy uh, bought out the, the founder, a woman named Ann Foster, who's amazing. Yeah. And uh, we, we worked out a really good deal with her. So we were able to take over the business. She was able to retire. And, uh, and then now I'm just, uh, you know, I spend time uh, running our group practice, but most of what I do is, is working as a therapist. That's most of the work that I do. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, very tightly scheduled with a lot of people on a day-to-day basis. So we spend a little less time running the business and more time, uh, you know, kind of working with people individually, but the truth is that's what I love. So I'm, I, I love it the way we have it set up. I love it. it, it what was the trigger then? That said, you know, because you were real quickly, what kind of business did you have that you that you shut down? Uh, it, recruiting and staffing. Okay, got it. that's right. You said that. Okay. So what was the trigger then that said, you know what, I, I understand your wife kind of kind of gave you the push forward, but what was the trigger that you were coming home, helping people, talking to people that needed it? What what really triggered that part of your uh, of your caring? Yeah, I mean, I can give you the the vague answer or the real answer, but the vague answer is I was going through some of my own stuff. The real the real uh-huh. answer is is uh, is I got sober, and so I got sober 18 years ago, and uh, you know had uh, had been a guy who could kind of do whatever I wanted to do. I was able to control everything, and then when it came to this one area of my life, I wasn't able to do it. So I went and went and got sober, and after getting sober, I was working with other people who were in you know recovery, and so I I felt like. I saw what a difference it made in my own life and how much better life got for me. And I felt like I could help other people do that and see that. And so that was kind of my dream. I, I felt like I had this little secret that I needed to share. That is awesome. Terry. That, that comes straight from the heart. So it's genuine. And you wake up every day with that passion and persistence that wants to move forward and help out people out. So 
do you do a lot of, I heard you say you talk group, but you, do you do one-on-one counseling as well? We do. Yeah. Okay. In fact, most of what we do is one-on-one. We do okay. have some group, some groups, um, but uh, the, yeah, most of what I do is one-on-one and, uh, and, and, you know, we've talked about, we've got this intensive program, which we'll talk about at some point, but I think that's, that was the, you know, that was kind of the thing that, uh, that excited me was just an opportunity to kind of uh, treat people as individuals. I think one of the thing is, is that, that we, we all react to different things. Things are important, you know, something that's important to me uh, or would be meaningful to me, may not be to you. And I think the key to really trying to help people is, is getting to know them well enough to figure out what that is, as opposed to just giving them a bunch of psychoeducation yes. and hope that that sticks, you know? Love it. I love it. So it, it, that means you're listening, which is fantastic. So when someone comes to you, maybe you're in a discovery period to make sure Millennium is, is a good fit for them. Is there, what, what part of maybe your secret sauce is there to maybe help them initially start to find their blind spots? Here's the hardest thing I think we have to do is we have to, you know, if somebody comes to me and they're trying to make changes in their life, the the single hardest thing they need to do is trust that what I'm telling them is is the truth. And so if they can trust that, for the short run, then I know they'll see that in the long run. And what I mean by trust is, is just having faith that life will get better, that things will get better if you change the way you're living it. Uh, you know, if something's not working, then we need to change that. And I think that I, you know, I will kind of lay out to them what I believe things will look like if they continue to, you know, kind of work at those things. But in the beginning, they're just, you know, you're, you're somebody they just met. And so they, they have to trust you and believe you. And so I think that the most important part is being able to connect with people initially and just have that kind of initial connection so that they have, that they're even open to, to, to having faith in what you're saying or believe in, you know, what you're saying. Cause like the secret that I know is if they do that, their life will get better a hundred percent of the time, their life is going to get better. Not because of some secret I have, but just because we know that if you work at something, it's going to help change things. And uh, so I just need to keep them engaged long enough till they can see it themselves. And they start to see kind of the thing I refer to as a kind of personal historical data. So the, you know, so that basically they start building their own data on their own lives instead of me talking about what has happened with other people or what theoretically could happen or, or what the ideas would be. I love it. And that's a, a very fun way of saying facts. Mm-hmm. without getting into numbers and yep. boring the shit out of people. That, that, that's fantastic, Derek. So when you're maybe in this discovery period, is there any good question that you wish they would ask you but never do? Uh, let's see. Any? I mean, there's, I guess, a lot of good questions. But I, I, if I were sitting in the other seat, I would right. say, well, you know, how are you going to help me? What are what you know? What's what's that going to look like? That would be my question. Uh, the the you know a lot of people have different ideas about that. But if I was going to go and spend the time and effort to try to change my life, I would you know really want to know you know what are we going to do and how are we going to get there? Love it. And so if I'm out networking or anybody else that's here that's out networking, pressing some flesh, meeting some people, what kind of things am I listening for from people that might make them a good referral contact or connection? millennium 
mean, we've got a, a kind of a wide range of therapists who all specialize in different things. So we, we kind of cover the group. I mean, one thing that's a little bit different about us is that in the substance abuse world, we also do mental health. We're not strictly substance abuse. So mm. we, we work with mood disorders and, and, you know, kind of anxiety, depression, all those types of things. And so I just think that if somebody feels like they want to make a change in their life and they don't really understand why, uh, you know, basically if life isn't going well and you don't, you're not exactly sure why that is. Um, and you want to explore that. Uh, I just think that one of the greatest things about human beings is that we can change. We, we wake up every day and we have the opportunity to, uh, you know, to be who we want to be. And so I think a lot of times we get stuck in this idea that, you know, kind of this, this idea that people never change, or I am who I am, or, right. you know, things like that, which I think is brutal because, uh, you know, if I would have stayed who I was, I'd be dead. Right. Right. And me too, to be honest with you. I had, I had my demons as well. So how about with people that are already doing well, but maybe need that little push or they have that problem, uh, maybe substance abuse or, or, or mental therapy? Are they also a good uh, referral for you as well, where they, they, they maybe they're doing well, you know, sure. they're high level? I, there's lots of people who do really well that we see. There are people who, you know, from the outside are, right. are highly functioning and, you know, have uh, have healthy relationships and and great jobs. And but usually it's about uh, that's about their ability to be able to kind of uh, kind of. I guess, situate everything in their own minds. I mean, everything. And that's one of the things that people get frustrated about that. They, they, everything looks great on paper, but then why do I still on a scale of yes. one to 10? Why does, why does life feel like a six to me? You know, yes. thank you for saying that, man. Cause there's people that have did it or doing it. And like you said, on the surface, on the paper that, that that's, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. So Derek, what do you believe your, your strengths are? Uh, as I mentioned before, I think I, I connect with people. I also think that uh, personally, I've been through a lot of stuff. And so I can relate, um, even if it's not the exact same story, but I can relate to what they've gone through. Uh, I've had some really tough parts of my life and, and realize that we can come out the, the other side. Uh, I think the other thing is, is that I am, uh, at least this is something I try to be and I believe I am, is uh, I'm very non-judgmental. Uh, yes. When somebody tells me something about what's ever going on in their life, and part Part of that, if I'm being honest, is because I don't feel like I have any room to judge from Thank the you. way that I lived, right? Yeah. Like, so who am right. I to judge? Somebody else. And I think uh, people hear that. Uh, I think the other thing is, is that I'm really, really passionate and compassionate about the people I'm working with. And I, I will, I will jump over uh, the, the highest structures I can find to help people. And, and I think that that's, I think people understand that when they get to know me a little bit, they realize that, that I will work as, and this is what I always say to people, listen, I'll work as hard as you do. I'm not going to work any harder, but whatever level you can go to, then I will equal that. And I will match that. And, uh, you know, for those who are willing to put in the work, the outcomes are, uh, you know, almost always great. Beautiful, man. That, 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 that's exactly what I kind of wanted to hear. So, Derek, have you seen the movie Back to the Future? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's get in that DeLorean with Marty McFly. Let's go back to the double deuce. The 22-year-old Derek Bilsmo. What kind of knowledge nuggets, we call them here at Timeshine today, what kind of knowledge nuggets would you be dropping on the 22-year-old Derek to maybe help him not so much change anything, but to level up, last through, maybe shorten that learning curve a little bit? You know, I think I understood the value of, of working hard and, and kind of pushing through things. I, I think that sometimes that, that kind of, uh, 
moved into the area of kind of a feeling of invincibility and that things would always work out. I had things did work out a lot for me when I was younger, I would make decisions and it would seem like it was, you know, a brilliant decision. And I think, you know, half the time it was just luck that I, I got on the right path. But I do think that there was a, uh, you know, I, I would probably make sure that I worked on humility and, and helped 22 year old Derek understand what humility is. Uh, but also the fact that we are, uh, none of us are invincible. Uh, there's things that can take all of us down and we just need to make sure it doesn't mean you need to run around scared of them or, or worry sure. all the time. It just means we need to be aware of them and realize that, you know, my dad told me something when I was a kid that I think is great and has been helpful for me my whole life is he said, Derek, you know, however, however great you are at anything, remember, there's always somebody better. And he sure. said, however bad you are, remember, there's always somebody worse. And That's he said, I just don't ever want you to think you're number one in the world. But I also don't ever want you to think you're last in the world. We're all in the middle somewhere. It just depends where. I love that. I live and I actually coach that as well. Like the, the plus equal minus formula where every day I try to find something that's better than me at something and, and learn from them. And then I find an equal and then we share with each other. And then some that is on their way up, I share with them. And that, that to me, that makes a perfect day for me, you know, for that, that's fantastic. So how do you want your dash? Remember that little line in between your incarnation date, your expiration date, hopefully it's a long ways down the road, but your life date and death date, how do you want Derek's dash? Remember? Uh, probably, uh, uh, a loving person to the people around me, my wife and my daughter and my you know, parents and sister and somebody who uh, dedicated their life to trying to help other people uh, figure out the things that, uh, that we can understand so that life is just that much better. Love that. Love it. And so what do you think people misunderstand the most about Derek? Mm, maybe that I struggle less than I do. I think that, you know, <laughs> I think that, uh, and, and, to, you know, to be fair, life is, you know, I, I would say that overall life is very good for me. Uh, but I think that sometimes people think things come easily. And mm. I don't think that's the case. I think that uh, things are hard for me, just like they are for anybody else. And we kind of have to work through these things. I think sometimes uh, people believe that, you know, kind of, kind of the way that I, I, I was when I was 22 is that things just seem to work out for me. Um, and that's not always the case. Right. Yeah. Kind of feel like when you're younger and I was the same way, you know, being in the military and then coming back after what I seen and did and it, it's like, I thought I had the King Midas touch and stuff. Everyone, you know, a lot of everything I touched turned to gold and you get that one wake up call. Right. So that's right. what if anything keeps Derek up at night? Hmm. I don't sleep much, so I wouldn't say much keeps me up at night. I just am up at night. Um, But as far as uh, as far as things I worry about would be about people. It's not about things or money or things like that. It's just about about people uh, and trying to make sure that the people that I care about are doing okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I do. I don't find a lot of value in worrying. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I, I will happily take action if mm-hmm. there's something I'm worried about, but mm-hmm. I challenge myself constantly that that worry to me is just something that gives me, that helps me believe I'm doing something when I'm really not. And right. so I will challenge myself to like, that all right, strong. so yeah. Yeah. If wow. you're gonna, I'm writing yeah. that down. Worry <laughs> has you believe something has you wait say that again what did you say about worry well it just has you believe that you're you're taking action because you're you're not just doing nothing you're worrying about it so it must be important to you and i challenge myself to say no you don't get to worry you either take action or you accept it but uh just sitting around and worrying about it is not helping me get anywhere 
yeah, it's true. It, yeah, never. That, that I just that's a mind bomb knowledge nugget right there because worrying is actually an action. That that's fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you for dropping that on the squad, brother. So let's take out of the equation any family electronic devices. Uh, you know, like your we're not going to say iPhone, pad, iPad, whatever. What are three things that Derek can't live without? Competition. <laughs> Love it. Uh, passion and energy. That's beautiful. Love it. And they all have to come together. That's beautiful. So what is your definition of a life well lived? I think that, so it's funny because there's this, this is something I talk with people a lot, but I, I think that uh, it's, it's our understanding of what life is versus uh, what factually is what life is. And what I mean by that is, and, and there's a much longer version of the story, but I'll tell it quick, is I, I made friends with this homeless guy years ago, and, uh, and he was very, very positive guy. I also had a friend of mine who on paper was super successful. Everything was great for him. Uh, and, uh, and so, but the difference in talking to the two guys was amazing. The homeless guy was always up and, and happy, and the other guy was always complaining about what wasn't going right. And so I asked the homeless guy, on a scale of one to 10, what is life? And he thought about it for a minute and he said, eight. And, and then I asked the guy who looked great on paper, who had, you know, he was, he was very wealthy. I, I knew his wife. She was awesome. He had two great kids. Uh, and I asked him, what is life? And he said seven. And so uh -huh. the question I always ask people is, is who would you rather be? And my answer to that, so to get to, to your question, my answer is, is that I'd rather be the guy that thinks life is an eight when it's really a three than the guy who thinks life is a seven when it's really a nine. Does that make wow. sense? Yeah. The facts for what is life versus the fact that's, that's, I've never even thought about that. That's another knowledge bomb, dude. Wow. Hey, time to shine today. Podcast varsity squad. We are back and Derek. You and I could easily, we might one day talk 30, 40 minutes on each one of these questions, but you got five seconds with no explanation. So you're going to put that athlete high level athlete hat on right now. You're going to answer these quickly for me. All right, brother. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. What is the best leveling up advice? that Derek's ever received. Find your passion and be great at it. You can yes. make a career of it. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to success. Energy. Love it. So you see me walking down the street and you're like, man, Fergie looks like he's in his doldrums. You know, what book might you hand me? Drive by Daniel <laughs> Pink. Yeah, my man. Love it. What's your most commonly used emoji when you text? I don't use emojis. Beautiful. It would be a smiley face. Gotcha. And don't lie to me on this one, Billsma, but if you could be one age physically for the rest of your life, keep the knowledge you've garnered and continue to gain wisdom, what age physically would you stay for the rest of your life? 25. Thank you for putting a two or a three on the front. Beautiful. Believe it. Beautiful. Nicknames growing up. Tricky D. Really? Love that. Chess checkers or Monopoly? Yes. Beautiful. What's your go-to flavor for ice cream? Mm, some sort of caramel. Beautiful. There's a sandwich called the Bilsma. What's on that sandwich? Turkey, a bunch of vegetables, and uh, probably some sort of ranch-flavored dressing. <laughs> ranch fiends, dude. <laughs> so you got a time machine. You got access to a time machine for one day. Would you go 20 years in the future? or 20 or 30 years in the past, just to hang out for one day? 
Past. Past. Me too, actually. I love it. Love it. I get to go to the future. Change a thing, I would just hang. Yeah. I love it. We're already going to the future. I take my chance (laughs) of going to the past. (laughs) That's right. Favorite charity and organization you like to give your time or money to? Urban Initiatives in Chicago. Beautiful. Beautiful. You can re- you can elaborate a little bit on this one. Last question. What's the best decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? 90s. Thank you. I All was right. a, you know, I was a guy who grew up around a lot of different types of music and especially, you know, in Michigan, a lot of hip hop and old oh, yeah. school rap and stuff right. like that. So right. yeah, yeah. I, that's that's kind of the, the 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 area I still connect to. Beautiful, beautiful. Now you mentioned briefly about a program that you guys have there. I'd like to really kind of talk about that and what's going on at Millennium and, and what you're offering. Sure. Yeah, we uh, and and I think that this is this was also probably the thing that that I've been most passionate about is uh, when I had gone through my own journey of recovery and treatment and all that kind of stuff. Then I saw that uh, you know there's a lot of people that we we would hear people who had gone through different programs and things like that, and they would have one kind of common complaint, and they would say, "I don't get enough individual attention." Right? It's it's everything. I feel like I'm just a number and I'm in a group. And so we started an intensive recovery program, which is a similar to an intensive outpatient program uh, where it's based around almost all individual one-on-one counseling uh, at an intensive level. So 10 hours a week of, of, uh, of, of straight sessions. And then we also have daily check-ins. We're in touch with people two to three times a day. Um, wow. Mostly we use that for the, we, most treatment centers uh, will use this as a step-down program for their folks. So they'll be in a residential treatment center, they'll come back to Chicago, and then they know they're going to spend, you know, we'll be talking to them for 10 or 15 hours a week as they're trying to get reacclimated to their life. So I think that that's something that people hadn't really done. They hadn't put such a, a, an emphasis on the individual work. Uh, the outcomes have been amazing. The treatment centers love it. And I would say that the people who have gone through our program just love it because they feel like it's different. Um, and particularly for those who have been through other programs and felt like they didn't get what they want. Uh, you know, I think the combination of the individual attention, the accountability, um, and our help helping them to kind of uh, get to a place of acceptance um, really helps people a lot if they're willing to do the work. And that's what I always tell people when they're talking to me about our program. I say, listen, if you really want to get better, then you will absolutely love us. You will not find anybody who will work harder or will try more to help you. But if you just want to check a box to tell somebody that you went to treatment afterwards, we're the wrong place because it's too much attention. We're too close to you. You'll, You'll hate it. You'll feel smothered if you don't want to do the work. I love that you say that. So are you guys smothered? If you're not down, like you can lead a horse to water, can't make a <laughs> drink all the time. I love it. So are you guys nationwide or mainly in Chicago? We're in Chicago. Uh, and so the way that licensing works with therapists is you have to be in state. Uh, however, we are, um, we're in the process of looking in some other states. Uh, a lot of the people that we work with, the treatment centers have requested that we are available in their area. Mm-hmm. And so I think we'll be, uh, particularly for this program I talked about, we should be, you know, in the next year, I would say we'll have several other areas that will be open to it. Um, and now with teletherapy, you know, you can, you can, the city is still important, but the state is, you know, you can work with people all over the state if you use teletherapy. Sure. So I love, love that. Love that. So do me a favor and leave us with one last knowledge nugget we can take with us, internalize and take action. I would just say the importance of perspective and gratitude. I think that, uh, that we get too caught up in what is and don't spend enough time figuring out what our perception of those things are. And you can take 
the same situation and you can look at it in different ways. And I'm not talking about false positivity. I'm talking about being able to really step back and look at something from a different angle and be able to, to kind of see how it works. And then also, you know, the way I define gratitude is the percentage of time that I'm uh, feeling grateful for the things I have in my life and the percentage of time I'm thinking about the things I want to change. We need both. We, we need to want to change things in our life and we need to be grateful for the things we have. Um, but for me, if I'm spending 70% of the time being grateful and 30% of the time thinking about what I need to change and what could be better, then that's the right balance for me. We that's all have a different awesome. balance, but that works. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, brother, because you know, my clients, they eat a gratitude sandwich every day. It's required of them. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is I have, they set their, the first line, they set their intention for the day. Okay. Second line is what you're worried about, man. What do you want to change? What, what bank account low, business low, leads low, whatever they're talking about. And then they have to list 13 things underneath it that they're grateful for. I don't care if it's gravity. It's stuff that they're grateful for. And the 14th is a love letter to yourself. The 14th thing is like, Scott, you're doing great today. You know, you're smiling. You're making people smile. And I tell myself every day and my clients have to, it's required of them to tell themselves I love you. You know, it's part of it. So the reason why it's a sandwich is the top is the intention. The bottom is the gratitude and the love letter. And that middle gets squeezed out. And they eat a gratitude sandwich every day. And you just said it in the basically the exact same way. And squad, we literally got a fantastic masterclass. And I have notes upon notes from my good friend here and kind of a homeboy, you know, Derek Bilsma. You know, he, he says, treat people as individuals. People attach different meanings to things. And a great therapist will treat them as individuals and not just put them into a cookie cutter, you know, program. You know, he wants you to trust your therapist in the short run, because in the long run, you're going to see results. So inch by inch, it's a cinch. By the yard, it's hard. So trust your therapist to take you through. You know, you're gonna, if you're starting to work with therapists, don't be afraid to bluntly ask them, how are you going to help me? What's, what is that plan? You know, and if you are passionate, Derek is known as someone that's passionate and compassionate. So he sees through empathetic eyes as well as taking action to level up. You know, a therapist, you want them to work as hard as you do. So remember, you as the patient that is being leveled up has got to put in the work and be able to put in the reps and have the grit, that monotonous activity that I always talk about. The grit is you've got to stay the course that your therapist puts you on. You know, he's a loving person, loves his family, his wife, his daughter. He's someone that's going to slide into home plate, bumped and bruised, but knowing that he's left the world a better place. Derek is actively planting trees that he probably will never sit in the shade in. And I love strategically aligning with people like that. You know, if you're persistent and you have a passion, go do it. Be great at it. Okay. And then just remember, like Derek ended with the importance of perspective and gratitude. You have to see things as they are and have that balance of, hey, there's shit to worry about. We can worry about that, but have gratitude. Like Derek said, a 70, 30% split is actually pretty damn good. And I love that he kind of put it out there that it's okay to have things wrong, but make sure you're grateful for what you have right. And Derek, you, not that you need another one, but you earned your varsity letter here at Time to Shine today. Thank you so much for coming on. You level up your health. You level up your wealth. You're humble, yet you're hungry. Perfect for our squad here. So thank you so much, brother. I love your guts. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. And keep doing doing the great stuff you're doing. Thanks, Derek. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Sounds good. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate. 
Real Estate Excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.